Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. Hey you, listen up. The NFL season is rolling right along, and DraftKings, as an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is bringing you all the action and all the best deals. Look me in the eye. If you somehow have not signed up for DraftKings yet, well, I got a great deal for you. Download the app, use the promo code TBOB, T-B-O-B, and when you bet $5 on any NFL game, you get $200 in bonus bets instantly what you can then go play with but t-bob i love snaps i love you and i've already signed up well guess what DraftKings is taking care of all their customers throughout spooky season as you get game day sweeteners the entire month of october so whether you're new whether you've been around here for a while DraftKings is the most fun place to play it's taking care of you again if you're signing up for the first time promo code t-bob $5 NFL bet nets you $200 in bonus bets instantly. So let's have some fun watching the games this spooky season. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for a problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort, Kansas. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 or older. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome in to a brand new episode of Snaps. It is Sunday morning. I have my Weta Workshop coffee in hand. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, apologize. I got some work going on in the house right now, some uh, exposed pipes and what's not. But uh, we do this every Sunday morning. It's a recap of all the biggest action from yesterday's slate of college football games. I am uh, one of your hosts, T-Bob Hebert, and I am joined 
by the especially beautiful Aaron Murray today. He's got the quarter zip on. It's 50 mm. degrees, a beautiful foliage-filled background. Looks like he's maybe at the lake or in the woods. Aaron, what's up, man? How are we feeling this morning? Uh, doing good, man. It was an awesome day of college football. Wow, I feel like we, we say this every week, but it just continues to get more and more exciting each and every weekend with uh, plays, stupidity when it comes to coaching calls, uh, uh, teams not, you know, teams losing, obviously. Uh, but we, I think we did get some clarity on, on college football a little bit too of, of who really are, are some of the elite teams that have a definitive shot to win a national championship. So excited to be here on a Sunday morning, breaking it down with you and uh, giving everyone our, our, our kind of initial thoughts. Yeah, we'll get through it throughout the day. Um, <laughs> Mario Christopher. Maybe we'll mm. touch on him at the end. Hey, but let's start in the big one, man. Uh, the yeah. best setting, arguably, in all of college football is the Triple R, the Red yeah. River rivalry. Texas State Fair, 50-50 crowd. You could, I mean, game day, big noon kickoff. Everybody, you could feel the energy from states away it felt like leading up to this game. And every single play during this game had this massive make or break. You've made it. You've lost it sort of feeling. It's just one of those epic clashes. And in the end, take a bow, Brent Mm. Venable and the Oklahoma Mm. Sooners. I was a massive Venable's doubter, okay? Um, and so I got to eat a lot of crow here, and it's been all yeah. offseason. Talking about how he, we, we have nothing to fall back on. He's never been head coach before. The defense was so awful last year. Well, everything's turned around for the Sooners. The defense is great. Dylan Gabriel played great, making plays clutch when it mattered, mm-hmm. surviving a late lead change in which Texas takes the lead. I mean, you're up 27 17 to start the second half. It looks like you have the game in hand, and then slowly over the second half, you watch it erode with a minute. Left, all of a sudden, you're down three. What does OU do? Mental toughness, physical toughness. Dylan Gabriel finds way, drives out, puts him in the end zone, and the Sooners reign supreme. Sarkeesian and the Longhorns in shambles. And all of the, like, like because that's what I, I kept accusing Oklahoma fans of doing mental gymnastics all offseason, right, to cover up their insecurities, and they got the guy wrong. Well, now there's no gymnastics needed. Okay. Yeah. It's clear they got the right guy. They can feel validated. They can feel celebrated. So congratulations mm-hmm. if you are an Oklahoma Sooner. The program appears to be just fine. And and I'll, I'll say this first, that I'm not here to defend Texas by any means, but Texas is still – both teams, obviously Oklahoma more right now, being undefeated, it, are clear pass to – to the playoffs for both teams. Like this is going to be the rematch. I think you and I could both agree on that at least. Like, yeah. You look at the remaining schedule for Texas and Oklahoma, they're going to rematch in the Big 12 championship game. Winner will move on to be one of the final four teams in the playoffs. Like that's how good both teams are. And, and that's how down the Big 12 is. And I'm excited for a rematch because yesterday's game, like that first quarter was one of the craziest first quarters I've ever seen. From interceptions to block punts to 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 going to the fake punt. All that, like it was an epic football game that I, I I wish I could see that type of football game each and every weekend. That's it was awesome. And in, same thing, congratulations Oklahoma uh, yeah. to their fan base, to to Venables, to Dylan Gabriel. I'll 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 I'll, I'll admit I'm wrong because my 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 Twitter mentions were getting blown up yesterday by a bunch of Oklahoma fans. So let me just get it out of the way. Like you had to eat crow about what Texas a few weeks ago. Oklahoma, I was wrong. Dylan Gabriel under pressure. 
in a big time game yeah. was 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 the difference. And I and I want to start with the quarterback position first, T Bob, because it's my, my position. Yeah, well, I mean you were shit. It's funny, my brother, we were at the, the Georgia game last night, and and I don't know if my brother really watched the, the Texas OU game because he kind of pulled up the stat line. He goes, Man, Quinn Ewers was 31 to 37 for 346. Like, you know, yeah. what was wrong with Texas? I was like, Well, the first quarter, he looked like he was still asleep. Like he kind of had the look in his eyes. But like we always make fun of Eli Manning for that, like days yeah. confused, like I'm lost. Look, like I was looking at Quinn. You were saying he's not in this right now. The game's happening too fast. He looks asleep, and that was one of the big difference makers for for Texas in losing this football game. You can't have three turnovers in a game like that. You know, two interceptions and a fumble, and and and, and that's a major issue. Flip it over to the other side. Oklahoma no turnovers in the games. Like was Quinn horrendous? No, he turned it around the second half. I thought he played a good second half, but still in a close game like that, it's going to come down to turnover battles. You lost that. You were not the better quarterback in that game. And then Dylan Gabriel, who I I, I sent a video out, I think last week on, on Twitter about he had a he had a goal line run where he trucked the linebacker. Yeah. Um, he's six foot, 205 pounds. Dylan Gabriel plays the game like he's 6'3", 6'4", 230. Yeah. The way he runs – the way he, he puts his body on the line. And that was the difference on that side of the football. Him in big-time moments making plays with his arm. But more times than not, him taking off and running, to me, was one of the most impressive things. I, I knew he Did was Did you athletic, see his final stat line? Yeah, 113 yards rushing, <laughs> 285 yards passing, two total touchdowns, no turnovers. Yep. He 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 put the team on his back over and over again. That that was the difference. Like, I, Quinn Ewers, I still think it's a better pro prospect when it's yeah, all said and done but dylan gabriel was by far the better quarterback in that football game and and that's the biggest difference and then red zone issues you know texas three times in the red zone only three total points oklahoma was six for six inside the red zone you know turnovers red zone efficiency is 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 the difference in a four four, four point game well so okay so a, a couple thoughts here first it is so rare to win a game like this in which you allow a punt block to be scored for a touchdown against you. Like against Mm -hmm. really good teams that are really even match, that's never supposed to happen. So let's score a couple extra tallies in the toughness department for um, for Oklahoma. And remember, we called this game, Aaron. It's not crazy. I think think like Howard – I don't know if Howard talking about makes it sound this way, but I feel like the feeling from a lot of people was, wow, Oklahoma really won that game. Remember, this was a robot versus human game. Like ESPN's yeah. FPI, uh, the the predictor, the game predictor, gave Oklahoma a fifty seven percent chance of winning this mm. game. Dylan Gabriel was the better quarterback on paper. Yeah. Oklahoma had the better numbers. It was just that we thought that and Tech's resume was better, yeah. and we thought they looked better on film in the trenches. And so we kind of thought, oh, well, okay, the numbers are just a little juice yeah. for Oklahoma not playing anyone. Uh, no, Oklahoma's damn good. They, they look complete in every phase of the game. But so did Texas. Like, I, I know because it's funny. I spent all offseason crapping on both of these teams, right? Yeah. So uh, I, I have been both wrong about them. And now I, I feel like some people are expecting me to maybe come out and be like, I told you about Sark. Losing this game is not Mm-mm. why Texas has been a laughing stock the last decade. Okay. Like, I don't care about this game. Uh, it's it's the other teams, and plus, like, because like you said, if Texas is who we think they are, and they take care of business, this should just be the first of two matchups. Like, like I'm not dropping Texas outside the top ten. 
Like, yeah, no. we've had them at one for the past two weeks. They, they've, they, I think, part to do with the resume, and they have a hell of a roster. I, I still have just as much faith in there, dude. Yeah. Told you we should have put OU, OU in there last week, and, and you said top no. Top. And you said no. I, I, you shut you know it down. The, you know what the, the 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 most impressive thing to me too, besides the quarterback for for Oklahoma, was the offensive line. Like, and and Texas's D line is 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 one of the best in the country. Yeah. But for Texas to only have five TFLs in one sack in the game, and I think a little bit it goes to the quarterback play and the overall scheme. Like, you know, Dylan's great at getting the ball out now. You know, getting the ball out, getting the ball out. Not holding on to it, you know, which really frustrates him. And then, and then, you know, obviously his running ability too. So, um, who's the OC at Oklahoma, Aaron? Do you know? Oh, I'm drawing a blank right now. Uh, Jeff Lebby, Jeff Lebby, Jeff Lebby, Jeff Lebby. Okay. I don't know why. Quick play, but like it's weird. Like, because but like, like that, that was the that was the area that I was most concerned about. Like, can this offensive line hold yeah. up? And they had the better game when it came to to protecting their quarterback and 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 giving up less TFLs. And and once again, I think a lot of it is schematically like Texas wants to push the ball vertically down the field. There's more of a trust with their receivers and obviously their quarterback with a bigger arm. Um, I mean that doesn't really play in that once again Dylan's Dylan's game, but that's still a tough challenge. And I mean that place was rocking. Like when you oh, were on right. your opposing was, side of the so field, it's you so could nice. feel it through it's the so TV. Cool. You and that's that's when you know it's loud. Like when I, I can know. feel it through the TV, you're like, damn, that, that that ain't fun to play in as a quarterback. It just makes me. Um... Yeah, it makes you so happy that they still do it in the old Cotton Bowl and everything else. Mm-hmm. It's just so you can feel just the history and generations past of Texas and OU fans and sat in those same seats and went just as crazy for, you know, yeah. 50 years, 70, 80, whatever, however long it's been. Um, but again, okay, so like Texas fans, you're fine. Yeah, Ryan says college football is all about. I agree. Um, Texas fans like, you're fine, okay? Yep. And again, I'm not victory lapping on Sark or anything like that here. The problem is Texas of the past would lose to one of these upcoming games, like a Houston or a Kansas State or a Texas yep. Tech, like somebody at TCU. Like none of these teams are good this year. Texas of the past would trip up and fall. Let's see what Texas now does. Because if you get that rematch, I actually always give the advantage to the team that lost the first one. Yeah, just psychologically. And I still think Texas is the better football team too. Like, it, like if I, Ooh, I feel like if they play ten a, times, that's a, that's a take, Bo. That's a take. I, I After, do think they're the better football. Wait, wait, wait. Team. Hold on, hold on now. Hold on now. Hold on now. Texas got a pump block for a touchdown and did not win the game. Yeah, but they also turned it over three times. They also yeah, but that's what Oklahoma does. Oklahoma came into this game with the defense was great. Oklahoma came into this game leading the nation in picks. Like that's what at a certain point we have to give Oklahoma. I will say right now, the numbers on paper being real. Oklahoma's a good team. Oklahoma's going to be twelve and zero. They'll be twelve and one in hell. Who knows what the hell's going to happen in college football this year? Like maybe that game is is the same game, and you flip the scores, and it's 34-30 Texas wins, and and the Pac twelve just cannibalizes itself. Um, Florida State in the ACC, maybe something happens kooky there. Maybe you get Texas Oklahoma in the damn playoffs. I don't know. Like right now, I, I still believe Texas is one of the best teams in America. And the fact that Oklahoma beat them to me means that obviously Oklahoma is one of the best teams in America yeah. at the moment, too. So, like, if you do have two 12 and one teams and that second game is as close as this first game, I think both will have really good cases that, hey, we, we deserve a shot. I think the one thing going to hold them back is the fact that the rest of their, 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 Essentially, games are this will this will be Oklahoma's only ranked win when it's all said and done this season. Forget about a playoff. Forget about a playoff. I know. I'm just Forget saying. About a playoff. All they need to do is both finish the fight to the Big Twelve championship. Yeah, and I think that's what I, 
No slip. We, we talk about Texas. You, you bring it up all the time. Texas being a team that loses games it shouldn't. Yeah, that's what it's, it's, yeah. This is a moment for me of are were you a bunch of front runners or not? We talked about it with mm-hmm. Colorado. And Colorado bounced back like, yeah, they lost to USC a week ago. They had a great win last night. But, like, they showed me some fight in that loss to, to Southern Cal. Yeah. And, like, I want to see Texas take this game, understand that everything is still in front of them, and just dominate the rest of their schedule and get ready for a, a Big 12 championship game. Like, the last thing I want to see is, like, them go lose next week and the narrative continues of, yeah, you're a bunch of front runners. It's 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 all great when, when you're kicking ass. But as soon as you get punched in the mouth, you just turn back into that old Texas that we're used to seeing. Yeah, they should nuke a lot of the teams left on their schedule. I think. I mean, they'll be in a close fight somewhere along the way that's been unexpected, but you just got to come out of it on top. All yeah. right. Uh, to College Station we go. Alabama, Texas A&M, mm. a, 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 a strong start for the Aggies. But in the end, man, Bama just kind of throttles you. This – this new version of Alabama where they, they want to run the ball and they want to play elite defense. They just kind of like a, like a snake constricting around your neck to slowly but surely squeeze you out of mm-hmm. the game. And Jimbo and come And, like, I mean, Aaron, you know, all this year, Alabama sucks, Alabama sucks, Alabama sucks. Look how bad they are offensively. Look where they rank statistics, blah, 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 blah. They're in control of the West. And they clearly look yep. like the team that's going to win the West because LSU's defense – Continues to be an affront to God, humanity, babies everywhere. You, you can't tell me if, if 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 you looked at the end of the game and said Alabama was only going to run the ball for uh, what was it twenty three yards, twenty three yards. I mean, this obviously includes sack numbers, but twenty three yards that they were going to win the football game. That's true, actually. A and M came out and, and, and both D lines just dominated. Like A and M is scary up front, and the same thing with Alabama. Like neither team had any success. Alabama had less than a yard average per carry. A and M had less than two yards at one point nine. That's like, insane. These D lines absolutely kicked ass, and then it goes to the then it goes then you look at the secondary like. We 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 didn't ignore, but we we looked at that Miami game for A and M and said, you know what? Are they going to face another passing attack like Miami? And, and we'll get to Miami's shit show last night for Georgia Tech, but probably not. Like Alabama's not that passing attack. Well, maybe they don't have to be if A and M's DBs are that bad. And, and, and the game plan I rewatched the game this morning. The game plan for AM was obviously stop the run. We're going to load the box. We're going to play a lot of three man front. I mean, the twisting, the stunting, the you know, the containing. Jalen was there but they played a lot of man on the back end. They're just going to say, yeah. hey, Jalen's going to beat us. He's going to have to be accurate. And Alabama came into it saying, we're going to try and run the football, and if we can't, we're just going to take a bunch of shots. We're yeah. just going to take shot after shot after shot, and if we can connect on three of them or four of them, we believe in our defense enough that like that's going to be enough to win the game, and Alabama did. Like They connected on enough shots down the field on double moves. The first touchdown was great, actually really great on Jalen. He looked the safety to the right. Uh, the the inside slot receiver fake like he was going to run a deep cross and hit it up the middle of the seam wide open great design um, but I will say this like the really impressive throw was he was fading to his left through the burn on the on the deep cross in the red zone I was like wow like that was one of the better throws I've seen him make but but A and M came with the mindset of if we're going to lose it's going to have to be on big shot plays down the field because we don't trust Jalen throwing the football but the problem with that T Bob is him throwing the ball down the field is fine. Like I told you, like a lot, any quarterback can yeah. throw a go ball. Any yeah. quarterback can throw it 40, 50, 60 yards down the field, maybe 40, 50 area. 
Jalen's problem isn't that. Jalen's problem is throwing it between the five to 25 yard range. Yeah. Yeah. That's where he struggles. So, like him taking shots, he's done that this year. He did it. He showed his first middle Tennessee. Like he can throw the ball down the field with accuracy, you know, 25 plus yards. So, like, I think there's a, a, an area for AM defensively where, man, I, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to make him play that game until he screws up, not play man to man coverage and allow their receivers to beat us down the field. And, you know, Byrne had his best game in the season, 197 yards, two touchdowns. I thought he was great. But I thought for, for AM defensively, man, like, you can't give up the big explosive plays. And, and they did that the entire afternoon. Yeah, so uh, the evolution of this Alabama team continues. Jalen Milrow, like, that's a scary sign because it was thought that uh, if you put the game on Milrow, that that would be the path to victory. Miller said not so fast. Remember, it's been like this all year long, but you look up and you look at the stats, and Jalen Milrow remains, even after yesterday's game, in which Carson Beck was great, Jackson Dart's been great uh, against LSU, and then they got a win over Arkansas yesterday. Jalen Milrow remains the third highest-rated quarterback in the SEC, right behind Jaden Daniels and Brady Cook. Mm. So, yeah, I think, you know, the more life changes, the song remains the same, and it's Alabama and the West again. Like, Aaron, do you still think Alabama's going to lose three games? Because who who are they going to lose to? Who are they going to lose to? Maybe an SEC championship. You still have zero faith that that LSU and that offense. No, 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 no. I don't have no faith, but anything with LSU, you cannot yeah. predict LSU. No, I know. LSU is so crazy. They're kind of like, a, you know, LSU is kind of like just a, um, a heavyweight who doesn't care about, you know, defending himself. He just yeah. wants to go over these huge haymaker knockout punches. Maybe you get lucky, you get him on the chin, and you end up with a dub. But chances are you're going to open yourself up, get counterpunched, and end up on the mat yourself. So, so I still think LSU can. I think LSU is going to be able to score on anyone. So, like, yeah, LSU's I agree. To score, they, they will keep them in the game no matter how bad the defense is. LSU will always have a chance to win. So, like, I'm not going to count LSU out versus Alabama. But yeah, like if you look at Alabama's schedule. Man, like that—that's really it. Like Arkansas, Tennessee. No, you get both them at home, and you get LSU at home. You get the next three weeks at home. Kentucky, as we're about to talk about a little bit with Georgia, that ain't gonna happen. Chattanooga, that ain't gonna happen. And then probably Auburn on the end of the season. So, it's—it's—it's it's, it's really one team because of their offense can make it interesting in LSU. But right now, yeah, like Alabama's the front runners. Ole Miss but they and also A&M have a lot of problems. The test. Uh, Ole Miss and A&M were the tests, and they passed yes. the test. You know, the offensive line still is not what it should be for Alabama. Like, they, they are still not dominant in pass pro. They're not dominant in, in, in the run game. Um, they, they are one of the biggest busts of the season so far. Like, if you had to say through the first half of the season, who has been the most, what unit has been the most disappointing in college football? I think you have to put Alabama offensive line up there. And I think part of it's their fault because they talk such a big game this offseason where they set the bar as is as, as so incredibly high like this is going to be the the Joe Moorhead winning offensive line and no one's going to be close and they've you know far been below that mark I mean way down there so that that part of the offense still needs to get better and do we still really trust that Jalen's going to continue to have games like that like that Alabama if you can't run it are going to win games on Jalen's arm 
Like, yeah, uh, that was great yesterday, and I know the stats for you sound well, great. Okay, they will I against LSU. I mean, Jalen Milrow can definitely do it against LSU. I'll say that. <laughs> just think that there's going to be some slip up, and, and I don't know if maybe it, it maybe it is against Georgia in the SEC championship game. But I, I'm still, if if I'm an Alabama fan, and I'm saying that we have to win games like that where Jalen Milrow's throwing the ball to win, that ain't going to win a championship for this team. This offensive line has to find a way to be significantly more dominant for the second half of the season. Yeah. Um, I don't know that they do, you know, I can get everything you're saying, but they're going to, I mean, the only time it's going to hold it back is maybe against Georgia. Right. Yeah, maybe. Like I don't, I don't Probably. think it's going to matter any other game. So we'll see. Um, I hate it. Shout out Nick Saban. I hate you so much, but I respect the hell out of you. Literally his worst team he's had in a decade. I know. This is it, not it, even it, close. Every other Alabama team <laughs> since you know 2012 would probably wax this team. Oh, it doesn't and matter. It doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. When you're the goat, you're the goat, dude. Uh, shout out. JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with Powerhouse College Athletics, UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches' play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals, JLab joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools, showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order, visit jlab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches.
It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Um, speaking of being the best, Aaron is so fat and cocky mm. and and just putting so much into Kentucky getting dominated by the Georgia Bulldogs 51 to 13. Um, you know, I don't know, dude. I'm like, okay, sure, when I see this. Carson Beck played great. Don't get me wrong. Carson Beck looks really good. Brock Bowers is unstoppable as ever. What I'm saying is this doesn't really change that much of how I view Georgia. I still think, I still believe they are clearly um, the best team in the SEC. We have said that all season long. And like I continue to say, I don't think Georgia's going to fail until like the playoffs, right? But I, I, I damn sure knew Mark Stoops wasn't about to go in there and run power and counter no. In Athens and get a victory. Like this was an awful style matchup here between the cats and the dogs. No, it, it was. I, I get that, but I, you know, a couple questions were answered for a lot of dogs fans. Like, one, can you just can the defensive line in that front seven at least man up and, and perform better? And I thought they would. Like, I, I, we talked about last week on our shows. I get that, T. I get that, but still. But still, it, you, it needed to be seen. Neither is Auburn, but Auburn ran for 200-plus yards against Georgia, and it was a very different schematics of how they did it with a lot more triple option, which is harder to defend than your traditional. Like, it was not a good matchup for Kentucky, yes. But you still answered the question of how really dominant can this defense be, and they were suffocating. And then you flip it over to the other side, and 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 finally they put the ball into Carson's hands. That was after big. after right. five no, After five good. weeks of just – easing Carson into the season and I was on the field before the game and I, I went up to Bobo and we're, we're talking and I was like man man like I know you're, you're getting a lot of shit and, and, and Carson's getting a lot of shit but I think you guys are kicking ass right now I think you're doing a really good job I've loved it and he said man it's just just wait for the he's like he's like oh oh I see so that's how you got the sty all that brown on your nose Ah, uh, yeah, yes, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, I'm ready. Yeah, Bobo's my boy. Bobo's my boy. Yeah, he, you know. You so what? I'm sorry. Do. What do you, I had to get that trigger. What do you say when uh, you yeah, told that? Uh, he said, "Just wait for the night." And he reiterated how impressed he's been with Carson. Bobo was really okay. honest with me. Like Bobo will tell me if he's not like he been like, eh, like you know, there's still some things we're yeah. working on. He's like, he looked at me and said, "No, like this kid is doing everything that I want him to do, okay. and it's been really impressive." Yeah. Like. That was a sign of me or of him telling me somewhat of like, I trust him. We we trust him as a staff to put the ball in his hands and let him go win football games for us. And like yeah. last night was and, and Kentucky secondary was the big question mark. Like they told us that in the offseason and, and you know it hasn't been really exposed yet. And that was kind of the first night that we really got to see, like, okay, yeah, they got some major issues on that side. But and I don't know how much of the game you watched, but the throws that Carson was making, like that first deep cross he oh, threw yeah. for a touchdown, was unbelievable. It's as good as throws quarterback can make. He is. He's he a looks first like a, round he looks like a five star giant, yes. like that. He, that yes. you've been saying he's good. He's it's the first time. All to your point, yeah, it's the first time all season long where they trust him. But it's also the first time all season long where he has looked 
like the guy that you had me put a very big preseason bet on to win Heisman. <laughs> Not you did um, that little what? baby bet. No, <laughs> that, that, that was slightly more a little baby bet. But that, yeah. But I mean, listen, if they would have let him cook like this for the entire season, like who knows? But he is. He's special, man, and 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 I think you're going to see a guy that continues to gain more and more confidence, um, especially after the past two weeks. Like to do what he did in the second half versus Auburn on the road, then then to flip it around and have the game he just had versus Kentucky. Uh, I, I I know you 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 say that this doesn't change your mind about Georgia. It does a little bit for me. Like I think we had him what at four or five in our in our poll last week. Like I think now. And this kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier. Now it, it, it makes me kind of get back to the mindset we had before in the preseason. It really is, in my mind, Georgia and Michigan now back again. Like we've been fumbling and bumbling, and, and we really weren't sure how good these teams really were because of their mm-hmm. schedules beginning of the season. But now we're seeing them kind of take that next evolution for both teams of really dominating the way we know they can dominate and, and flexing in certain areas that we had questions about. And if, if Carson looks like this, and we know the defense is going to be still, you know, even if they're not as good as they were the past two years, still going to be a top 10, top 15 defense when it's all said and done. It's going to be hard to beat the dogs this season. Yeah, look, I think that um, – I think in terms of national championship hopes, yes, it's still Georgia and Michigan probably. Uh, but that in terms of resume, like if we're doing our top 10 – this is a good win, but let's not make too much of it. Mm-hmm. Like this Kentucky team's eye. We we but they finally you, dominated. No, like, yeah, I know, the no, way I know, they, I know, the exactly. way in which they no, won. Yes, is but but the Michigan's dominated it. every game, and they played teams that are equivalent to Kentucky in the Big Ten. So it's like you know, it's just like you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's mm. I'm still look. I mean, what what are we so impressed with Kentucky about? They beat Florida. Like that's it. But I think they, it's, it's still, it's still in, like which, the in the, which the, the manner country. in which they win some of these games too. Like for Michigan example, like to, to dominate Nebraska in a team that was actually pretty darn good. Like we've thought about Nebraska, the, their ability to stop the run. Hey, told you they run through that on Friday, baby. Let's yeah, go. I mean, Nebraska may 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 still you know have a chance on that side. We'll see. But you know, then they go and turn around and beat Minnesota fifty-two to ten. Like Michigan is is it's not only the the. And that's why we kind of hesitate on Oklahoma a little bit last week, still kind of favored Texas. It was like, yeah, Oklahoma hasn't played necessarily a tough schedule, but they've looked the part in all those games. Yeah. Like they've done what they needed to do to say this isn't just a fluky wins or why we're like, no, we're kicking ass. So Georgia's done that once this season. Michigan's done it every week yeah. up to this point. No, I agree. But we'll but, see. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, and then the final game that we'll be breaking down on this morning recap show, even though there's a lot of good football to get to yeah. yesterday. Uh, Notre Dame, man, mm. going on the road in Louisville and close for a while, but Louisville pulls away in the end. I actually didn't get to watch this one as much as I wanted to yesterday, so I'm playing a little bit of catch up here. I but, I look, we, we talked about it. It's, it was a really tough physical, mental spot for Notre Dame entering third-ranked game in a row. The last two were, you know, true 60-minute battles where you lost one last second and won one last second. You're on the road again. you got USC next week. Very talented spot schedule-wise. And um, I think I was just guilty, though, of not really taking Louisville seriously. You know, I knew yeah. they were undefeated. I knew they played nice. I knew Jack Plummer had good stats. They – 
They've gone into NC State, come out with a 13-10 win. Um, but, damn, 6-0, Notre Dame win. Uh, Brom, take a bow. Yeah. Got the Cardinals rolling right now. Notre Dame got their ass whooped at the line of scrimmage. Just dominated at the line of scrimmage. They they, they couldn't run the football. Um, SMA had, had 20 yards on 10 carries. Uh, they were in the backfield constantly getting after Hartman. Five sacks on the day. Like, they whooped their ass at the line of scrimmage and Notre Dame is not good enough at the receiving position to make up for a lack of a running game. Notre Dame is the, is the team that is your, your quintessential. We play great defense and we run the football and we look like an NFL team that wins games similar to how they beat Ohio state. And that's how yeah. they're going to do it. If Notre Dame can't run the football and they're turning it over, I think what five total turnovers for for yeah, the Irish. Harmony. There's no way in hell you can win. They they just don't have the dudes. Yeah. Yeah, you don't yeah, have yeah, the dudes at receiver to be able to make up for that. And 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 that was a problem on their side. And that's going to be the continue to to plague them. They they just they can't win one on one battles. And the offensive line is is you know was was horrendous. Flip over the other side, like Louisville impressed me in a big way. Like yeah. Plummer looked really good, and they got this little running back, uh, Jordan. Uh, uh, oh, I got it right like here. Five, uh, 10, 185 Jordan, yards. Yeah, Jahal, you Jahal got some Jordan. speed. I mean, carries 143, two tuds for Jordan on he, the night. He hit a couple runs and just took off. I was like, and that's a good Notre Dame defense. Like, maybe they're not elite at like athlete wise, but that's a solid defense. It's fundamental. But, you know, Freeman's a hell of a coach. Yeah, they side. shut down Ohio State. We saw it. Yeah. Him. But that little dude can run. Ooh, wee. He was fun to watch. Um, that's a that's a that's a good Louisville team, man. Like I know we we maybe didn't do we haven't seen a lot of their games and all in all haven't seen a lot in. of their games this season, but it's a film. That was my first time really watching him. You know, I watched the the rewatched the game this morning and and really impressed with once again, like them dominating at the line of scrimmage and then Plummer taking care of the football, which was a question mark, and then how good Jordan was running. The, they're going to be a contender in that in that league. It's well, and so I think their schedule is pretty favorable too, as well. So that's what's like. Let's see what they got left here uh, on the road at Pitt, uh, home against Duke. So you get Duke at home. That's great. And what's Riley Leonard's status? I think Riley uh, Leonard's going to be out for a while. I don't even think yeah. Riley's going to play in that game. Virginia Tech, Virginia, dub dub at Miami. We'll get to that in a second. And then home against Kentucky to end it. So. There's some fights left. There's some fights left there. But, to but be I'm sure. talking about just to get to the ACC championship game. Yeah. I mean, I think they beat Pitt. I think they beat Duke without Riley. Virginia mm-hmm. Tech, Virginia, Dumb and down. then Miami got their first loss last night in the ACC. And so no, so that's, that's like Louisville should be one of your favorites right now because they don't play Florida State. They don't play North Carolina. They should be kind of the favorite well, to get to the ACC championship game. Aaron, did you ever play like a Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat or any fighting game growing up where when 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 somebody else picks up the remote, they press start and it's like a new challenger has mm-hmm. entered the ring. Like to me, that is Louisville in this ACC yeah. race. Mm-hmm. We we already knew uh we you know Clemson out early. We knew about Florida State. We thought Duke was there. Unfortunately, due to the injury, they're probably out. They've probably been knocked out the race. Yeah. Um, UNC is still very much there. They got Tess oh, yeah. Walker back now. They dominate. UNC is just kind of quietly doing their thing mm-hmm. in the background. Undefeated, playing great defense, actually. Only giving up seven yesterday against Q's 47. Drake May hasn't really gotten it going, but they're undefeated. That's like kind of scary. But um, but now yeah, and and now look after the debacle of Mario Christopher yesterday, 
uh, Louisville looking like, no, they're serious about this yeah. thing, man. And this is Brom's dream job. He played there. Um, he, he, that's why he left Purdue after winning the Big Ten East last year to get back there. So uh, what a time to be a Louisville, Louisville Cardinal fan, especially because like you hate Kentucky, and so you got to watch Kentucky get smashed yesterday, and yeah. then you come away with a 13-point win against mighty Notre Dame. Just a signature win early on, you know. It, some of these coaches have to search so, like, probably took Mark Stoops half a decade to get a signature win. Brom's got one here in year number one. It just Notre Dame, man, five and two now, and you know I got to go back and, and watch that USC game. I just was way past my bedtime. It was a long day for your boy. I tried, bro. I tried. Uh, it was like it was like twelve thirty in I the just third don't have quarter. A, I, I'm a little bit worried about them next week. I mean, this is this is going to be four straight ranked matchups, and you saw that fatigue factor kick in versus, versus, versus Louisville last night, and you got stomped. You got beat up physically and obviously mentally, too, getting that L, and, and now knowing that like, what is Notre Dame playing for the rest of the season? Pride. That's it. Like, your aspirations of being, yeah. hey, man, we went out We went out this offseason. We got Sam Hartman, who in our mind was the missing piece. Like, hey, we got one of the best quarterbacks in the country. We had a really good team last year. We didn't have a quarterback, so now that that that, that issue's been solved, we are a national championship contending team. Like this team really felt like they were, and they should. And now it's over. Like that's the shitty thing about being an independent team. Like that that is over. There's yeah. there's no conference championship to play for. True. There's no playoff or national championship to play for. You're playing for um, a New Year's Six Bowl. They are for whatever they that are. means but, to you but, nowadays. But, that's what you're playing for. You and have that's also that, why the expanded playoff the, will be tighter. Yeah, but you have that depression that. level on top of now your fourth ranked football game. Like, there's no like, man, we just need a game to feel good about ourselves. Like, we yeah, just but, need to get no, some but this, this, this is where though, this is where your leadership's got to come into play. You we know? said that this past you got to say, say f it, man. Like, you know what? If we're gonna be in the mud, let's drag these motherfuckers down there with us. You mm. know what I'm saying? These little pretty mm. boys out of L.A. Just drag them down in the shit with us. Uh, but I feel you. Like I don't know they're going to do that. Because uh, no, you are right. That. That's a big morale blow. Yep. Um, yeah, so that'll do it for today's snaps. I, I, mean, I, I thought you want to – just well, a quick, okay, quick so thought on gonna, Mario. I, 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 was, I was about thought. to transition there. On the way out here, though, we have to talk about that mm. greasy motherfucker Mario Christofrod. Um in one of the most inexplicably poor decisions I've ever seen in my entire life. Miami has the ball. They're up 2017. There's 33 seconds left. It is third and 10, and they're running zone read. Georgia Tech has no timeouts. There is no need to get the first down. There is no uh, needless risk. There is absolutely no reason at all to run the ball. None. Full stop. You're not going to cover. You're not going to cover if you pop a, if you pop a touchdown. You ain't going to cover the spread. Like just nothing. Like, you're like, yeah. Yes, exactly. Like you can't even create a reason out of thin air as to why you run the ball. Mm. You end up running the ball. It gets put on the ground. Georgia Tech gets it, and then Haynes King, who doesn't have a touchdown on the day, manages to throw the game-winning score as time's expiring. Mm. Uh, Haynes King also shout out him beating the team that beat A&M on the same day that Texas A&M loses. I love modern college football. But look, man, this is why people say things like Mario Christophe. This is why he has a 500 record as a Power 5 coach. That is, he, he did the one thing 
that open the door to a loss. It's 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 inexcusable and it's in, uh, indefensible and it's yeah. inexplicable. I tagged you on a, uh, there's a player for for them on the sideline saying you can see it on TV saying oh, I saw what, that. what the <laughs> fuck are we doing? <laughs> and he's crying. I felt so bad for him. <laughs> yeah, because like. Lots of Georgia Tech. You're about to be undefeated top 15 team in America, Miami. Even with how bad you played for Georgia Tech, like whatever, you found a way to win an ugly game. Like it sucks. We probably would have given you crap. By the end of the day, like you still won the game. Mario's great at recruiting. He, he's a hell of a job of assembling a football team. And, and he went to Miami for that specific reason. Can you put together a bunch of really good guys in the state of Florida? But when it comes to coaching and coaching decisions, you, you've said it all offseason. He's a fraud. And this was a prime example of of one of I don't know if there's a worse decision I've ever, honestly have ever seen in football. You have the win in your hand. The game is over. Everyone in the stadium knows it. Georgia Tech knows it. The game is over, and you run a play and you end up losing it. When all you got to do is take a knee, and the game's over. One of the worst, if not the worst, decisions I've ever seen in my life from a coach. The it's worst. Yeah, I know. I mean, if you're listening right now, and if you've experienced something that was worse than that, please hit me up, hit T Bob up, because I've never, never seen anything as as, as piss poor as that from from a head coach. Um, let's see. I talk so much shit about people's soft season. So you lose confidence in a head coach there too, like that. That that's. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like like they're saying, player. "What the fuck yes, are we doing?" Yeah. Yeah, in the locker room, everyone is looking at each other now and saying, "What the fuck was our coach?" Oh, they all they all talking shit about they all talking shit yeah, about Mario. They're talking at, mad shit at, about when Mario. they're hanging out later that night, mm. and that's a yeah, it's a tough place to be, man. With if you mm. don't have the respect of your players, all your messages get a lot harder to push through. Mm. Well, I'm just opening my mentions for the first time, um. All night, and yeah, it looks like I'm getting a lot of Oklahoma blowback. Oh yeah, from when I went on the herd right before the uh, right before the season started. Damn, mm. Mm. I also forgot saying this in my LSU post game show. I said I wanted LSU to bukkake me with success. Yes, um, which I actually love that line. All right, boys, that's going to do it for us today here on Snaps. Remember, youtubecom snaps. The road to 7K continues. Like, subscribe, Google Snaps podcast. Um, I said that was the most inexplicably bad coaches I've ever seen. And Brumley points out I was on the field and the ball was spiked with zero seconds left. Okay, that was also not, you know, that was not the best, but I still think Chris Frauds was dumber mm-hmm. uh, because they had the game won. We didn't have the game won, right? They had the game won. Uh, Google Snaps podcast. You can find it, rate it, review it, share it with your friends, your family. If you enjoy the show, we love you so much. Uh, we will be back live on YouTube tomorrow, Monday, and you know, fingers crossed, maybe a little more live YouTube coming up pretty soon. Ooh. Hope to be sharing some news there. Um, so we love you, and we hope you all have a great Sunday. Thank you, thank you, Ryan Brumley, excellent producer, and everybody else. Uh, we'll see you on Monday. When you drive a vehicle so reliable, it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty. You stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. 
I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.